Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Today's episode is all about building communities and with tutoring businesses, communities can be really valuable. You can create communities with parents or clients so that you have a captive audience But you can also participate in communities designed for tutors so that you have a virtual staff room. So today I'm sharing a discussion I had a while back with Ludo Miller from Qualified Tutor and him and Julia Silva have built a vibrant community and I wanted to get some ideas for us on how they achieved that. I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much Samantha. It's it's a pleasure to be on here. I am Chief Communication Officer here at at Qualified Tutor and also Director of the Love Tutoring Festival. Um, So it's really been been an incredible journey um, over the last, what is it now, kind of over two and a half years since um, Julia Silva and I, the founder of Qualified Tutor, started started this journey, started speaking to tutors, started speaking to the market in general, seeing what was needed uh, kind of at that time for professional development amongst tutors and we had hundreds of conversations with tutors and it it really all led to a wonderful launch of our our training courses and really since then we've been building and growing what it means to be a qualified tutor in in the industry and have trained over a thousand tutors in in either one of our, our main training routes which we can we can talk about in a little bit and and alongside that we've built the the qualified tutor community which is this this amazing space for for thousands of of tutors to to meet to to connect to share resources to take their first steps into whatever it is that they're doing in their tutoring um, business at that time whether it's setting up a business whether it's writing their first blog appearing on their first podcast taking their first tutor training qualification it's it's really a space where people where people achieve their firsts Nice. And I mean, I'm part of the community as well, and it really is a great community. And it's community is very much at the heart of what you and Julia do with qualified tutors, isn't it? And a lot of us tutors, a lot of education businesses build community as part of their marketing strategy, as part of their business, and they participate because they get a lot out of different communities. And typically these communities might look like Facebook groups or meetups. Can you give us some tips or some ideas on what it really means to show up for your community and how I think the biggest struggle is how to nurture and encourage engagement? I think that's probably the part that people struggle with the most. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I I think there's a there's a difference here between there are two meanings to the word community, really. Um, there is the, the space in which like minded people meet. And then there is the, the, the broader concept of a community and, and, and kind of how that shared idea can can create engagement and can create those, those deeper connections that that are the reason that you join a community in the first place. Um, so in terms of the first meaning, yes, there's Facebook groups. Yes, there's um, free uh, platform sites like the one we use. Mighty Networks is, is the platform site that we have built the qualified tutor community on. 
But really, I think the, the more important word is, is, is the second meaning and this idea of, of community, not of necessarily a community. Um, and that's something that, that can't be created overnight. You can set up a Facebook group in, in 10 minutes and start inviting members and people can come in and you could be talking to people within the first hour of creating that Facebook group. But you're not going to have community for much longer after that. Um, and the reason for that is in order to build community, you need to build trust. And building trust is not something that, that as I said, it's not something that, that, that happens overnight. We, there's wonderful work by a woman called Rachel Botsman, who is um, a, an Oxford academic who has done some pretty incredible, um, again, long-term work on this idea of trust and, and what it means, this idea of a trust bridge and a trust leap, these kind of, these kind of concepts that you may have heard of. And for us, building trust was about giving tutors a space in which they could talk to other tutors. And the hundreds of, of spaces of communities have sprung up since the first um, lockdown amongst the tutoring sphere. It's been actually incredible to watch the tutoring industry come together in these communities because we, we as those who've been involved in the tutoring industry before the pandemic hit, know that it was often a very isolated place. And I really just don't think that tutoring is an isolated profession anymore. That there are so many communities now, wherever you look across the globe, having people to bounce ideas off, getting people to give you encouragement, giving other people encouragement, confidence in, in their work. That's what the community we've tried to build is. So to create engagement, you have to add value. There's no, there's no two ways around that. And to start with that value, it's very difficult to make that value something that, that, that tutors or, or individuals have to pay for. So that value is brought by free resources, small scale, little everyday CPD, like the kind of answers that someone posts in a, in a thread that then, you know, 100, 200 other people come across and read. I, I call that small scale CPD because those are learnings that, you know, that afternoon in your actual tutoring session with your actual student, you can implement that idea that you heard. Someone saying, you know, um, spend five minutes at the start asking the, the student how they are or um, make sure that you leave 10 minutes at the end for the student to give feedback on how that lesson went. Th those little things are not obvious to every tutor. But when you see that written in a blog by someone that you know and trust and, and, and have seen them give, you know, several insightful answers over the past month, you think, of, you, think you know, that is what community is. You're, you are equipping people who would otherwise be working by themselves in, in, in silos. You are equipping them with the ability to grow and to lead and, and to inspire others. Yeah. And I think that's what community means. Yeah, I think, I mean, I completely agree. And I think that as um, professionals, whether you're a tutor, whether you're in a different profession, being part of a professional community is very valuable because like you said, it's like having a staff room. Um, but I think that from a business point of view, it can also be really useful because I know that you guys are also using it as part of your kind of marketing plan, your business plan in a way. And one thing that I found is really important is to, as a community builder, is to keep listening because you can add value, but if you're not listening, then you're making the decision as to what people need rather than giving them what they need. Um, and sometimes there's a difference between what we think people need and what they actually need. And so one thing that I do in some of my Facebook groups is I try and get conversation going, especially because essentially these are different forms of social media, really, even mighty networks in a way it's mimicking social media and there's a social side of it. It's not just the media side of it. 
So I think starting conversations is really good. And I know you're really good at doing that because I see the questions that you post. They're always really kind of thought provoking and they always start conversations. And I think that's a really useful way to build a community, but to keep conversation going, because um, something that I wanted to also ask you about was, is building these relationships remotely? Like, how do you do that? Because you know, if you all meet up, you build relationships so much faster. But when you are doing something like what you're doing, what I'm doing with communities, what's the best way or what tips do you have to actually build that trust that you were saying is so important when we've never met, when we can dip in and out of communication whenever we want? Yeah, it always, I, I find myself when I when I log on to the community to, to respond, to answer people's questions, maybe to post and uh, the, the next kind of thought-provoking uh, prompt, I always find myself saying, you know, would I ever say it like that? Would I actually, if I was in front of someone, would I ever say it like that? And, and the answer is probably not. And I think that's okay. To have different personas in person and, and remotely is okay because people create relationships differently online. There's no, there's, there's no doubt about that. People have act differently and people trust differently. And, and if we were trying to do all that we've done with the qualified tutor community in a physical place, well, for starters, it would never have worked because we, you know, I log on and I talk to people in South Africa and America, Canada, India, Dubai, and, and that just wouldn't be possible. Um, so and I think based the rules, in, you're based in Berlin as well, aren't you? We're I'm in the UK. Based so. in Berlin, so <laughs> I'd have to take a rather expensive flight back every time just to speak to to my own colleague, um, Julia. So I think, you know, as we well know, um, that the rules have changed. Uh, and I think the key to remote communication is blocking out that time to really make time. Um, and what I mean by that is that too often pings and notifications come up on our laptops and our phones. Uh, and in the moment, we respond um, quickly and probably not effectively or, or at least sufficiently. Um, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes you want a fast reaction or you, someone needs to to um, ask you a, a question that's, that's, that's time pressured. But when it comes to community building and responding to, to members of your community, you have to be in the right mindset. And there's nothing worse than building up a relationship with, with members of your community, perhaps in a, in a little subgroup within the community, and then damaging that because one day you were rushed or one day um, someone asked you for something and and you weren't quite in the right mindset so you were a little bit terse so you're a little bit rude and, and I think the key to avoiding that is blocking out time in your day to make time for your community and that means responding to all the comments that are, are are posted on on your thread that means scheduling in time to create an effective month's theme for example so in our community each month has a has a wider theme for the entire community and there are questions and polls um every single day to help people understand a little bit more about that theme whether it's mental health or uh, growth mindset or uh, the love tutoring festival for example that can be a theme and, and kind of all of the uh, topics within that it's about blocking out the time and making sure that what you've created is actually engaging content because the first time I ever did it I scheduled all of the the, the, the theme for a month and there, there may be listeners here who, who were there in that first month of the, of the community when we started themes in January 2020 you know I didn't know what I was writing I was posting questions that you know, I, I might have posted in a kind of family WhatsApp group or just I might have asked my friends, you know, I, I didn't know if it was engaging content, but 
little by little, by, by iterating and by improving, you work out which questions and which lines of questions work well, what type of polls generate good, meaningful answers, and what are the threads that really take off? Because once in a blue moon, you'll have that golden thread that you that spawns you know 50 60 70 comments and there's whole essays being written in there you know you could do a whole research paper just on one thread and it's about finding the the magic potion for that the magic kind of ingredients for that for that kind of thread because those are the ones that people come back for those are the ones that people remember and actually those are the ones that can be used in your marketing initiative those are the ones that can actually bring new people into your community and and if ever I've seen the phrase add value in, in, in practice, in reality, it's in those amazing threads where it suddenly feels like the whole community is talking together. Um, and I think for a business, whether you are building a community because you feel that you are in a position to draw like-minded people together or whether you're building a community in order to promote eventually, you know, ultimately, um, your products, you need to think about why someone is going to come back to your community every day. There are so many. Exactly. Yeah. That, that you need to give someone a reason to return to yours and not someone else's. And the way that you do that is, is by blocking out time to, to commit to your community's future and your community's top uh, content. Yeah. Yeah. Some lovely points there. Something that actually stands out based on what you were saying was the whole thing about how you get loads of notifications and I think that actually there's a lot of noise because there is there are, like you said, there are so many communities that you can join. And especially during lockdown, I don't know about you, but I joined all of them, I think. I joined so many. And then I just found it far too overwhelming, far too noisy. So I started leaving some and just staying in very select, in a select few. And so if I put myself in someone else's shoes, you know, why would they join my community? Well, one of the things I need to make really clear is what they're going to get from it. So I think that when you are setting up a community, it's really important to think, well, this isn't just going to be this marketing machine for me. What are people going to get out of it? What's the deal? So that they can make a really informed decision as to whether they want to be a part of it. Because if they make that informed decision rather than, oh, yeah, I'll just press join, they'll actually engage, they'll get value and that community will then thrive because it will then encourage other people to join and they'll get value from it. So I think that being really specific and having a focus is actually very, very important. And that can be really tricky. Um, But also, you know, where you're talking about the definition of community as bringing like-minded people together, that I think that's really important as well, because even if you're using it for, let's say, like for me, for my tuition side of my business, I have a group for parents who are of children who are doing GCSE English. And I have one for education businesses and stuff like that. Unless you're making it really clear that this is what you're going to get. And every now and again, asking people, is this valuable? Do you have any feedback? Is there anything you'd like me to talk about? Then you're not necessarily getting the two-way dialogue. And I think that's that's the most challenging thing of getting that two-way dialogue, but it's also the most valuable thing in a community. And something you were saying is that, you know, find that magic potion for those threads that just blow up. I think one of my favorite, I think one of the phrases I probably say the most when it comes to anything business, anything marketing is it's all one big experiment because, you know, and that's the thing is just take that, you know, put that hat on, just try stuff out. Because also you might post something that gets this amazing response one day and then you post something similar and it doesn't work and you don't know why. 
So you just have to keep trying. And I think going back to listening, keeping your ear to the ground is definitely useful because that gives you an idea of what people want to talk about and the struggles they might be having um, as well. And I know that, you know, with, with QT, you've built this huge community and I know you're always trying different things out. Um, with your business hat on, looking at QT as a brand, why do you feel like the community you're building is actually so important to the brand? Um, the community is existed because we knew that introducing the concept of, of tutor training to the industry would require a, a bottom-up movement, a grassroots movement. Um, and with the conditions that we were, we were presented with, i.e. people having to stay in their homes and work remotely, there was no better way to do that than via an online community. The best area to move into was, was growing an online community through, through a grassroots kind of um, movement. Um, and that still continues today, that, that the community has very much a grassroots feel to it. Um, as I mentioned at the start, one of the things I'm proudest about is in giving people their first step into certain areas. So allowing people to publish their first blog through the QT site or um, giving people their first podcast appearance on the QT podcast or allowing people to actually learn and work alongside other tutors for the first time ever because they may have only ever worked with students and parents. And actually, you know, the idea of actually working with another tutor would have perhaps frightened them you know, six months before because they had seen themselves as competitors of other tutors, not as colleagues. Of course, our, the two elements of, of, of qualified tutor interlink. Um, our courses are held on the community, and that's one of the most amazing features of, of Mighty Networks is that you're able to, to run free and paid courses within the community alongside your, your, your topics and your themes and your, and your main community page. Um, and actually, I don't want to do Facebook communities a disservice, but the advantages that you get by running a community off, off a classic social media site like Facebook or in, on Twitter spaces or, or wherever is the functionality that you get. And this links back to a point that you were making or that we were making together earlier about notifications building up. And one of the key things that, that we teach uh, members when they arrive is, is control your notifications because otherwise you will be overwhelmed and then you'll, you'll drift away and, and that's the last thing that we want. So we encourage users to really refine their notifications as much as they can the, the first day that they join because not every member is meant to be in every subgroup. The whole point of a community is that in the pyramid below the, the main group sprouts these, these subgroups, these, these specialist groups, you know, English, maths, science, primary, uh, the blog writing group, a, a QT podcast group, a uh, specialist um, hubs for different agency tutors. So for, for, for the partners that we yeah. work with, they each have their own hubs. And, and if you are able to, to, to pull away, strip away all those notifications that don't mean anything to you and just focus on the ones that do, you have a, a far greater community experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are really good at being inclusive, actually. You know, you have a space for virtually everyone who in, in, in any situation who works within the tuition industry. A couple of things you said, though, that um, I might slightly disagree with ever so slightly. Um, well, actually, this isn't actually so much of a disagreement, but something you said was, you know, we, we don't create the communities to sort of sell our courses. And because you are very much a grassroots movement, but for anyone who's listening who might be using things like Facebook groups for their business, I do want to just make a point that there's nothing wrong with using a community for that purpose either. Because if you're building a captive audience and if people are choosing to be there, they know the score. They're there because they want to be and they actually want to know what it is you offer. And unless you tell them 
they're not going to know. So it is, you know, a two way benefit. And I, mm. the reason I thought to mention that is because particularly in the education business space, people feel really icky and apologetic for selling. And it's a mindset that I've certainly tried to shift because there's nothing wrong with selling. If you're selling to people who want to be sold to, that's what they that's the information they actually want. And one thing I would also say is to think about people's behavior and what's going to work for them. So for me, for example, I have got these parenting groups and on my LMS, I have the opportunity to actually build communities on there. But the reason why I've chosen not to use that is because it's another platform for people to navigate and to sign up to. Whereas if they're already on Facebook, it's just a really quick switch. And then we exchange email addresses. And so we've got a a different way of communicating if we need to, because social media is essentially borrowed land. Um, So, you know, I think Mighty Networks, I really like how it works. Facebook communities is at the heart of their mission. So they are constantly developing more tools. They've just released, I think, subgroups as well that link to other groups. So I think it's about thinking less about what you want to do and more about the people who are going to be part of that community and what they're going to respond to. And some of them like will like that separation. I quite like that I can open a totally different app to access the qualified tutors community and it's just for that and it's not for anything else I really like that but it it may not work for your customers or for your potential clients or for the people you want to work with if they'd be like no I'm not signing up to another thing or if they're not very confident with IT in general and feel a bit you know scared of trying an app that they've never tried before. One thing I want to talk about with community one thing I'd like to ask you is if you had to choose the top three benefits that having a community has brought to QT, either to yourself and Julia or to the business as a whole or to running the courses, what would those top three benefits be? And why would you then encourage tutors to build their own communities as well? Yeah, that's a really, that's a great final question there. Um, I think the first benefit really was uh, getting to know the industry you can do as much tutoring as you like and you can run an agency as much as you like but if you don't speak to fellow tutors then you are stabbing in the dark to to some extent about what the future of the tutoring industry looks like Um, and I think being able to host a community like this with with over 2,000 members and and ever-growing as so many of these communities are it allows you it gives you the chance to speak to people openly and freely and without kind of pressure on either side about their place in the industry about what they see as the future um, and also bringing together 2,000 ideas um, because every tutor is or every good tutor at least the kind of tutor who actually goes onto a a new platform and creates an account and, and, and joins up and engages they care about what they do and they also are able to bring ideas that you've never seen before. So I think one of the biggest benefits is that it's allowed us to understand the industry better than than, than so many others um, because we've been able to speak to tutors day in, day out for, for over two years. Bringing people together in a community will allow you to understand your market better. And I think that's one of the key things about being a an effective professional in whatever industry so are you talking about building a community with fellow tutors, fellow colleagues? Yes. So that's that's one concept. Um, and there are 
you know, many communities with in which a tutor or a tutoring business leader may start community with parents. Uh, and I think those communities are, are just as valuable because you're able to understand another part of your market, which is exactly. parents who are obviously the, the, the drivers of, of many of the main forces on the tutoring industry. Um, QT exists to serve tutors in, in giving them professional development. So we haven't brought parents into the QT community at this stage. It may happen uh, at some point in the future when we, we are able to reach that point or when we're able to create effective subgroups for parents. Um, but at the moment, we, we kind of, we, uh, the QT community is, is for professional independent or, or agency tutors. I think that's quite important, actually, isn't it? Because it creates a safe space. There are certain things that we might want to ask or discuss or say that we wouldn't necessarily want to say in front of parents, mm-hmm. you know, um, not because it's bad, but because we just, we want that safe space to discuss. It is that staff room concept, isn't it? So actually, um, I think what you're doing is really important and it's also really good that you have made that conscious decision. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's a key point to remember. And, uh, um, and my call to any tutor out there thinking of starting a community, whether it's for other tutors, whether it's for parents, whether it's for schools, is bring a meaningful, valuable idea and allow it to spread. Yeah, I think like minded, that word is really key because there is an expression that your network is your net worth. I should have looked up who actually wrote that that quote. It's the name of a book, but I'm really sorry, I can't remember. Um, but credit to the person who actually coined that. But it's absolutely true because, you know, there are a lot, as with everything, there are lots of different styles of tutors. There are lots of different people who do approach business differently. They rather see people as competition than seeing them as colleagues. There's no right way and wrong way. You have to do what works for you. But surrounding yourself with like-minded people, um, it boosts you up. It gives you it gives you further ideas. It allows you to grow and develop, and it allows them to as well. So I think like-minded is absolutely key. And for anyone who's thinking of joining a community and not sure about it, or anyone thinking of building a community, even if it's for your clients, um, I think like-minded is that key thing. And you can build that if you have a really clear focus. And if you can say this is what you're going to get out of this group and manage that expectation. So, Ludo, thank you so much for your time today. I think that was a really valuable conversation, especially because going down the community route is something that a lot of people who are running businesses are doing because it can be so effective. So you've given us some real golden nuggets. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Sam.